lay that pistol down, babe, lay that pistol down. Pistol packing, mama, lay that pistol down. Oh, drinking beer in a cabaret, was I having fun? Until one night she caught me right, now I'm on the run. And we're back. This is Dump on the Ump, Season 4, Episode 28. Thank you very much for listening. Tonight is Monday, August 13th. My name is Joel. I'm broadcasting tonight from Champaign, Illinois. With me, as per usual tonight, is Sam. Sam, how's it going? Hey, Joel. I'm doing good. Broadcasting here from Brooklyn, New York. My hot take of the evening is that the Red Sox, the 2018 Red Sox, are so good that it's becoming boring to talk about them. Because it's like, oh, what's new with the Red Sox this week? Oh, I don't know, Joel. They haven't lost since the last time we spoke. (laughs) And that's the way it is every single week. (laughs) Now, I'm not complaining. I'm not complaining. I was just trying to come up with a hot take for the beginning of this episode. And I was like, this is all so boring because it's the same. Yeah. It's Red Sox are really good and everybody else is like not playing as well. And that's kind of the story of the season. Um my hot take is one of those teams who are not playing as well, the Chicago White Sox, have been playing slightly better. They went 12-12 uh, and 12 over a 24-game span. So, you know, that's like improvement, right? Um, uh, yep. But part of that involved going 1-5 on a homestand against the Yankees and the Indians. Right. So... You know, you win some, you lose some. Mostly you lose some, unless you're the Boston Red Sox. <clears throat> unless you're the Boston Red Sox, in right. which case you don't lose any. <laughs> Apparently not. It's <laughs> something crazy. The Yankees have gone like 8-2 and two and have lost ground. <laughs> yeah. Um, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for listening tonight. Um, it's just me and Sam tonight, so you'll have to bear with us for a little bit, but I think we got a good show for you. If you are listening to us, thank you very much. Uh, Be sure to check us out on Apple iTunes. Dump on the ump on Apple iTunes. Review, uh, Give us a rating and a review. You can check out our Facebook page and also follow us on Twitter, especially if you want to make fun of how bad my fantasy baseball team is. Especially. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, <coughs> that, was, that was fun. Uh, thanks, everybody, who listened to us last week. You can also check us out on SoundCloud. Let's take a look at some of our top cities. Last week's episode was uh, Porcello Greater Than Sign, Severino. So you can check out that episode. We make fun of Louis Severino for about 30 straight minutes. Lots of fun. Yeah, that guy is trash. (laughs) That guy is such trash. (laughs) That was our second consecutive week of just bullying a member of the New York Yankees. (laughs) So maybe we'll do that again. That's always fun. 
Uh, Brooklyn, New York, coming in at number one last week. Uh, Montpelier, Vermont. Champaign, Illinois. Thanks very much for listening. Frankfurt, Germany. Keeping yeah, it real. Home of the famous Frankfurter. Oh, yeah. Speaking of which, we were just talking a lot of good things about different kinds of sausages before we aired uh, this evening. I had some sausage for dinner. So, I had sausage for breakfast and lunch. Yeah. Sausage is delicious. What kind of, what kind of uh, egg sandwich? Chorizo and egg sandwich? Chorizo and scrambled eggs, yeah. yeah. Did you have cheese on it? Uh, yeah, there was like some queso fresco. Ooh, that sounds good. Yeah, and like a lot of mayonnaise, which is like the key for an egg sandwich for me. I uh, totally agreed. Did you read that article that's been going around on how millennials killed mayonnaise? Really? That's the article. I read it. It was kind of a, a BS article, I think. I feel like I single-handedly am keeping mayonnaise alive. It's, mayonnaise is good. <coughs> I mean, I'm, I will take mustard over mayonnaise. But Only mayonnaise for certain good. things, though. Right, right. Well, are you going to put m- mustard on your cheeseburger instead of mayonnaise? No. Right, but you would on a hot dog. Yes. Hot dog with mayonnaise. Probably pretty good, actually. I don't know. I don't think I've tried that one. When I was a kid, until at least the age of nine, I put mayonnaise on literally everything I ate. <laughs> Including hot dogs? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I would go down to the corner store and get two hot dogs plain with mayonnaise, and the mayonnaise had to be heated up on the, on the hot dog. So what like, corner store are we talking about here? <laughs> the hot dog store. I forget what they were called. I should look that up. Ben is this Oregon. when you lived in Chicago or this is when you were a kid? This is when I was a kid in Oregon. No, I think I would get chased out of Chicago if I demanded <laughs> a hot dog <laughs> with lukewarm mayonnaise and nothing else on it. Two hot dogs with extra hot mayonnaise on it, please. <laughs> <laughs> I would put a hot dog, I mean a hot dog, I would put mayonnaise on steak, on broccoli, on roast chicken, on soup, like mayonnaise on soup instead of sour cream. Wow. Yeah. I'm not proud of my youth. So, but do you still eat mayonnaise or you just, you don't found that? No, yeah, I don't know when I grew out of it. Somewhere in middle school, I suppose. Realized I eat mayonnaise a lot with French fries. Yeah, that's good. I like ketchup and mayonnaise. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's like, is it that a European thing? I don't know. I feel like, I feel like maybe, mm. but you know, the fucking American thing now, Joel. Right. You know, right? I just I wonder why that never caught on. Right. Can I talk shit about ketchup for a little while though? Yeah. I am not really a fan of ketchup. Only because in almost every context, I feel like there's a better tomato-based sauce that would work better in a situation than ketchup. Okay, what, what about this theory? Uh-huh. In every scenario where you would use ketchup, mayonnaise would be better. Yeah. I think Except so. for hot dog. 
Except for hot dog, unless I'm you're not. You don't need ketchup or mayonnaise on hot dogs. I'm just, just mustard, mustard man. You yeah, know? yeah, yeah. I can't think of a counterexample where ketchup is clearly superior than mayonnaise. Yeah, maybe not mayonnaise is superior, but it's like interchangeable. Yeah, but with French fries, I would say barbecue sauce is better than ketchup. Sure. And on. Hash browns or eggs, salsa is better than ketchup. Okay. And on a hamburger, pizza sauce is better than ketchup. I feel like you've been living in the Midwest for too long with that one. <laughs> yeah, I, I had that sounds, to. <laughs> that sounds like, sounds like some deep Illinois shit right there. <laughs> uh, all right. Um, other listeners, St. Albert. Canada, Queenstown, Maryland, Woburn, Massachusetts, Indianapolis, Indiana, Portland, Oregon, Providence, Rhode Island, Leipzig, Leipzig, Germany. I feel like we've got a, a small yet persistent German uh, listening audience. Pretty excited about that. Dankeschön. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Is that correct? That is correct. Or did I just totally offend our German? Uh, we're in big trouble now. <laughs> there again, <laughs> Sam. What did you do? <laughs> uh, <laughs> Albuquerque, New Mexico. Go Isotopes. Um. All right. So, how's baseball going? Other than, I mean, your team keeps winning. Yeah, baseball's been going good. Yeah. Uh, Red Sox don't lose. They're on pace to win 200 games. Um, Mookie Betts is averaging more than one run scored per game. Jesus. Uh, and uh, homeboy there, what's his name? Uh, JD. Yeah. JD Martinez has over 100 RBIs, and and the the season's like three quarters of the way done. Yeah. It's pretty, it's pretty nuts. Yeah. Uh, I read that they can finish 500 and still break the record for most wins ever in a Red Sox season. That was two games ago. And that was two games ago. Since when, since when they've gone 2-0, and right? And they've gone 2-0 uh, in those two games. So yeah. technically they can lose more than they win and still break that record. Yeah. That is pretty impressive. Um, yeah. The Red Sox, this is from two days ago, the Red Sox, 85 wins are their most ever through 120 games. They are 50 games above 500 for the first time since 1946. 1946, the year that that song we played... Uh, that we walked on to, Bing Crosby and the Andrews Sisters, Pistol Pack and Mama, was recorded. So that's why we walked on to that song. The Sox will need to go 21 and 21 or better in their final 42 games in order to break the franchise's single-season wins record of 105, which was set in 1912. They're on pace to go, what, 112 wins? 114, I think. 114. That's amazing. And yet, according to fan graphs, this is from yesterday, 
they only have the second best chance of winning the World Series. Really? Who's got the first best? According to this, Fangraphs.com, the Astros. Why? I don't know. My guess is because of their pitching staff. Yeah. That is my guess. But the Astros, they dropped four in a row to the Seattle Mariners over the weekend. And they're kind of beat up right now. Um, because I've, I've always been big on Houston. I feel like Houston is... Yeah, you hopped on that bandwagon hard. Yeah. When you say you've always been big on Houston, what he means for you new viewers out there is that he's been big on Houston since October last year. Right. Since they won yeah. the World Series. Maybe. <laughs> Fan of Houston for... Ten months. <laughs> yeah, I've always been. I've always been a big fan of Houston, and their short, short player. Uh, right. <laughs> but I mean, it's that that rotation. We've talked about this before. I feel that Houston can shorten up their rotation, take on just about anyone. However, oh, Eli says he can jump in. Oh yeah. Yeah. Let's get him in. Add him. Yeah, add him. That'd be awesome. Well, let's see if I can do that. Yeah. Um, you monologue for a second. I'm going to try to figure this out. Yeah, I'm going to monologue. Um, so, per fan graphs, the teams with best chances of winning the World Series. Astros, 23.7%. One in four, almost. Red Sox, 15.3%. Indians, 14.2%. Then it goes Dodgers, Cubs, Yankees, sixth highest at 9.2%, and then you have a big jump, the Nationals, the Diamondbacks, and the Phillies. So your top three are all AL teams, which makes sense to me. The other thing I guess that's interesting is that the Indians have a considerably higher chance, according to this, <coughs> excuse me, of winning the World Series instead of the Yankees. I'm guessing that's mostly because the Indians will get to avoid a wild card game where it's looking more and more like the New York Yankees are going to have to play that wild card game. So that was interesting to me. Um, oh yeah, my fantasy baseball team is 63 and 105 right now. Just looked at that. I think I have to start a new group here, Jill. Okay. Uh, you want to hang up and call me back? Uh, sure. Although I don't know where you went. So you maybe have to hang up on me. All right, I'm going to pause the podcast for a minute, and we're going to get Eli in on this. So we yeah. will be right back. All right, we're back, and we got Eli on the line. Yay. Hey, Eli. Hey, everybody. How's it going? Uh, pretty good. Do you have any hot takes? Kind of didn't give you time to think about it. Yeah, well, um, hot take for me is that Robinson Cano is coming back from long-ass suspension oh, yeah. uh, this week. And so I'm watching, um, and, and at the same time, they're moving Felix Hernandez to the bullpen. So uh, Seattle's making some big moves um, this week in the, in the hope that they can pull it out here in the end. So I'm watching what sort of impact Noah might have or if he's going to come back all, like, you know, limp dick because it's not taking <laughs> – his drugs anymore. <laughs> he's going to have aged like 10 years because he's off of his drugs. Right. It's like Bilbo Baggins when he takes off the ring. 
Yeah. yeah. Or like, uh, you know, when they drink from the wrong Holy Grail in Indiana Jones. <laughs> well, I don't know if you could take anything away from it, but I, I read in the Seattle Times today that they're, uh, they're, move, they're playing him at first base. Huh. I don't, do they have some hotshot second baseman or something? Um, why isn't he moving back into his regular position? Uh, Mitch Hanniger, maybe? Or is he outfield? Yeah. Who plays second base for the Seattle Mariners? No idea. I'm Googling. Probably said Cano once upon a time. Yeah, it used to be Cano. Yeah. Well, it hasn't uh, been for the last... He had a great slam in, uh, pre in minor leagues the other day, so maybe he's just doing fine. Oh. Or found a different drug. Yeah. <laughs> right. Uh, D. Gordon, it says... Plays oh. second base. He's oh, yeah. yeah. Gordon's good. Yeah. 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 That makes sense. Um, wait, what is it? Oh. <laughs> uh, oh, did you guys watch the baseball game last night? Nationals at Cubs. Is that the one that ended in a grand slam? Yes. Yes. It was really amazing. That's um, awesome. Yeah. I was reading. I didn't see it. I was reading about it though, it and was it was kind of the. It was like the schoolboy fantasy grand slam, right? Yeah. It was yeah. like bottom of the ninth, two outs, two strikes. You know. Yep. And you're down by three, and then he like yeah. juices a home run to win the game. Yeah. Which like yeah. you know we've all had that dream when we're like standing by ourselves with the baseball bat, like throwing the ball up to hit or whatever, you know. Yeah. It's like the most common sort of like baseball, like fantasy scenario, right? Right. It was amazing. That is, that is the first time that that's ever happened in the major league. Really? Is it? Yeah. Is it really? Yeah. Wow. Wow. No Wait. one's hit a walk off grand slam with two outs and two strikes on them. Okay, because I'm like people have hit walk off grand slams before. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah, and they've uh, hit. Two out grand slams, and they've hit two strike walk off grand slams, but never a two out two strike walk off grand slam. And the only thing that would have walked it off was a grand slam. They were down three nothing. Right. Mm -hmm. No, the Washington. Who was it? Uh, the Cubs. Some rookie. Uh, uh, David David Boaty, which I only remember because whenever the announcers announced his name, I kept hearing David Bowie. And I was like, oh, man, I wish David Bowie played for the Cubs. That would be awesome. Right. It's like he didn't actually die. He just, like, went into the Cubs farm system. Yeah. <laughs> and, like, he comes out, and it's like, everyone knows it's you, David Bowie. And he's like, oh, it's not me. It's got, like, the face, there's, like, star face paint on, you know? <laughs> and, like, bell-bottom baseball pants. Oh, my God. I wish they would bell-bottom baseball pants. I would definitely support that. Yeah, I would definitely support seventies disco day at the at the ballpark if all the players had to wear bell bottom pants. Did you see that thing? It was like a month ago. It was a while ago, where the Seattle Mariners had Future Day, and no. all their players, cool. all their players wore jerseys that looked like basketball jerseys. Interesting. <laughs> really bizarre. At least the shirt part of them, they were they were. They oh were, yeah, yeah. 
I saw a picture of that. Yeah, and the oh, colors. I texted it to you. And their yeah. colors were red and gold. Their colors were pretty much the opposite of Mariner's colors. I thought that they were wearing a. That guy was wearing a Cleveland Cavaliers jersey. It looked some... like it. Yeah, it, it looked like it. But it was Seattle Mariner's future jersey. <laughs> um, but getting back to that Nationals Cubs game, one thing that I thought was interesting was the way that the Washington Nationals kind of fucked up the end of that game. Their starting pitcher was Max Scherzer, and he pitched an amazing game. Pitched uh, seven plus innings. I don't think he finished the eighth inning. Scattered a bunch of he had four. I think it was five hits. Nobody got past second base the whole game. Zero runs. And then they put in this reliever, Madsen, M-A-D-S-E-N, and I don't believe he's even Washington's closer. He was just their middle reliever. And his season ERA was 4.3. It was well over 4. I remember when they put him in, and I was thinking, this guy's not that good. And the funny thing was, to load the bases, he hit two batters, and walked the third. He actually only gave, gave up one hit in right. that ninth inning, and that was the walk-off grand slam home run to David Bodie. So how right. Bowie. Yeah. <laughs> so how terrible must that guy feel? Probably not that terrible. Yeah. yeah. He just goes home and sleeps on a bed of money, just like everybody else in the major leagues. Exactly. And, of course, that game was also Sunday night special on ESPN, starring my, my good friend Alex Rodriguez. Oh, yeah. And, <laughs> and my favorite thing about that was A-Rod has started just weirdly saying nouns. So they were talking about this great pitching duel that was going on between... Scherzer and Hamels, Cole Hamels, was a starting pitcher for the Cubs, and he only gave up one run. And so it was the seventh inning, and they were signing off, and the play-by-play -play guys like talking about what a great pitching match. And Arod just goes out of nowhere, ball game. <laughs> like, I guess the worst. <laughs> like. Relative of nothing, apropos of nothing, I wrote, uh, ball game, says Alex Rodriguez, proving once and for all that he knows he is watching a sport, but he is just unsure which sport that is. <laughs> Seriously, it's like, it's like they, like, bring him into the booth and then put him in, surround him with black cloth so he can't actually see what's going on, and they're just like, go for it, Alex, say whatever you want. <laughs> He did that a couple of times. I forget what they were. Oh, Jesus. You guys want some more Red Sox notes that is evidence of how fucking amazing good the Red Sox are? Yeah. This conversation about the Red Sox being fucking amazing never gets old. <laughs> I think I feel like the MLB is kind of like sick of talking about it at this point because it's so absurd and like you know they're it's they're so head and shoulders above everyone else. 
That's funny. But I love it. That's funny because that was essentially Sam's hot take today. Was that oh, really? It, that <laughs> the rest of the league is starting to get old, uh, starting to get tired of everyone just talking about how good the Red Sox are. They not me. <laughs> they lead the MLB in wins, run percentage, and run differential. Um, the Sox are the only team to score six hundred or more runs this season. They lead the ma- majors in batting average, slugging. OPS and extra base hits. Wow. Yeah. What, uh, do you know how, what, how many games they're on track to win this season? We were just talking about that. It's either, I said 112, Sam said 114. So, probably 114. I think that'd be a franchise record, right? Mm hmm. Yeah, their franchise yeah. record is 105, and they only need to finish. We already talked about this, but they only need to finish 19 and 21. If they if they go 19 and 21 in their last 40 games, they will set a franchise record. Wow, which is yeah, that's well, they, it. It seems kind of like their schedule, like everyone they play, it doesn't have much of a chance. But I think that their schedule is relatively. I mean, they they have a couple of tough series, and they close it up against the Yankees, which you know very well may be like um, the the Yankees battling to get into the playoffs. Yeah. So uh, it's, it's not like it. You know, there's still a lot for them to say, and they, it do, they're not showing any signs, obviously, of slowing down. But yeah. Um, Definitely on Sunday, I'm sure, you, did you guys talk about this, Chris Sale being back and being taken no. out after? Yeah, talk about that. That'd be a good idea. Yeah, so Chris Sale pitched um, five innings. He came off the DL from sort of a, um, I don't know, an eyebrow-raising injury that yeah. maybe it was just the franchise trying to give him some extra rest. Uh, but he came back. He struck out 12 batters through five innings. Through, I, I don't even know, maybe 60s and 70s pitches, and then they benched him. But, you know, he was on track to, what's that, pitch to have a shitload of strikeouts. Uh-huh. Um, but, you know, it didn't even look fair. I mean, he, when he's on, and granted, this was the Baltimore Orioles, who we all right. know. Right are terrible. Yeah, you were texting um, some funny things about how sad it must be to be a fan at Camden Yard today because it basically sounded uh, like Fenway. Uh, I mean, it must just be miserable. For I, I don't assume every every matchup is like that, or every uh, every series is like that because, you know, not, no one's quite as good as Red Sox right now, so of course the fan base is going wild and wanting to see them play. But, yeah, Camden Yards, I mean, if you were Adam Jones, you know, who's been playing with that franchise for, what, a decade now or whatever, um, and it just must be miserable right now because everyone sounded like they were in Boston and um, Baltimore. Like, you know how you listen to a game and, like, sometimes the opposing team's crowd base you can hear them all of a sudden in the in the stands yeah but then quickly the home crowd drowns, drowns them, out. them out yeah yeah it was like the, that 
except for there was no it was reversed home crowd to drown them out. It was reversed. The whole no, fan just go. <laughs> <laughs> there were just no Orioles fans whatsoever. <laughs> they were just not there. Well, I'm looking at the Boston schedule in September, and it'll be it's challenging. Um, Atlanta, Houston, Toronto, the Mets, Yankees, Cleveland, Baltimore Yankees. Pretty good. Yeah, so you've got the Yankees twice, Cleveland and Houston and Atlanta, which could be yep. interesting. So I don't think And the Phillies so. this week, right? And the Phillies this week? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Pretty sure. Uh yeah, two two, two games. game series against uh, the Phillies and then Tampa Bay Cleveland. We, yeah. We do have the Marlins at the end of the month. <laughs> they play the White Sox Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Labor Day. Is that Labor Day weekend? I think that's Labor Day weekend. Yep. 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 I wonder if I can go to that. I might try to. No, play. you're bad luck. Yeah. <laughs> I need you to stay away from the ballpark when <laughs> the Sox are playing. Hey, Chicago is 2-0 and in games I attend. I did notice they get swept by the Yankees last week. That was yeah, pretty that was sad. And yeah. the the White Sox, my hot take, Eli, was the White Sox have actually been playing close to 500 ball for the last 24 games, which is an improvement. That's great. But they went 1-5 on this homestand, um, getting swept by the Yankees and dropping 2 out of 3 to the Indians. Eesh. And the frustrating thing... I mean, so many frustrating things. But the most frustrating thing was, like, this finding new ways to lose. <laughs> so, <laughs> Tell me about it. Yeah. What does that mean? Well, so this middle game uh, against the Yankees, the Yankees won the first game 7 nothing. In the second game, it went 1-1 to extra innings. The Yankees went up... Uh, 3-1 in the top of the tent on a Stanton home run. And you're like, ah, all right, that's, that's ball game. We're done. But the White Sox fight back. Jose Abreu <laughs> gets a two-run home run in the bottom of the tent to tie it again. It goes into the 11th inning and into the 12th inning. And in the 12th inning, the White Sox get two guys on with one out, and they don't score a run. Oof. And end up losing the game in the 13th inning on a, a single. Brutal. Exactly. Like, that was the game that you had, you know, you had given to you. And the White Sox fought back to get back into the game and then kind of just gave it away. Yeah, those games are always the most brutal. Yeah. It's like they, they give you hope as a fan and then they crush you down. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, that's been a lot of the White Sox experience this season. Well, let me ask you, Joel. A lot of the White Sox experience like throughout history. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> let me ask you this, Joel. The, the White Sox are obviously, they probably have less than a percent of, or, it, or may already have, have no chance of making the playoffs. Yeah. Um, 
has the fan base checked out, would you say? Um, that's a good question. The White Sox, I think, are third to last. So that they're 27th or 28th in the league in fan attendance this season. So that would suggest that, yes. Or that they never checked in. Or that they never checked in. (laughs) That's, you know, we talked about this a little bit last week. I don't think the White Sox fan base are among the most frustrated, and they're definitely not among the most disappointed, because we largely knew we were going to suck going into this season. Maybe we weren't going to suck this badly, but we knew we were going to suck. The other thing, and this is mostly just paying attention to White Sox Twitter. We've got all these young guys in the farm system. And so there's an interesting debate going on amongst the Twitter fan base of when we need to start calling guys up from the minors. And should we be calling Mm -hmm. them up now? Or should we be waiting until next season to call them up? Well, you know, as someone who's been living in New York for the past decade and uh, been very aware of the Mets and Yankees franchises just by osmosis, it's, you know, the Mets are in, were in a similar situation as the, as the White Sox are now, like maybe five years ago, uh-huh. where... Mets fans, you talk to any Mets fan, they tell you, they'd be like, we got all these young kids coming up through the pipeline, and we're just going to be so good. And and that's been the story of the Mets before every season. It's like, we have all these young pitchers. They're amazing. Like, is this the year that they can put them all together? And the problem that the Mets have is that the people who own the Mets and the people who run the Mets yeah. are just like complete buffoons. Yeah. They're, like, just terrible at, you know, their jobs. And they, and like, they just, they can't, they, they have all this talent and they, they, they're, like, incapable of managing it, you know? Yeah. Um, and so, like, it, it doesn't matter, the talent level doesn't really matter on what your farm system has. is like, the people who are making the decisions and kind of cultivating these, this talent and, like, managing it, like, do you trust them? And that's, like, the thing that you should be paying attention to in this time of rebuilding, I think. Well, and that's a very good point, Sam, because one area of concern is lack of progress in the development of the young guys we already have, specifically Yohan Moncada, who seems to be regressing rather than progressing, and the same for Tim Anderson, who is personally my favorite player because I love following him on Twitter, but he has yet to make that that turn to elite shortstop that we kind of thought he should be able to be. Same right. goes for pitching. Our pitching sucks and has not been getting better, and I'm kind of wondering how much of that is actually on coaching. Well, so here's a question. Here's a here's a from a business perspective for the franchises, right? So if you're really down and out, I wonder if there's like how you measure the tipping point where you go from okay, uh, we still have to keep playing our top players because we want our fan base to to continue to come watch them and 
we need to bring up our farm league players because there's no hope, and our only hope of getting our fans to keep coming is to watch our future prospects. <laughs> well, let me answer that question with a question because I actually don't know the answer to this. What is the business sense in regards to contracts for waiting to bring bring up your triple A players? Because I've I think at the end of the season, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Okay. I think so. Okay. Because that's well, you pay, you pay. All, I mean, the the team pays all the minor league contracts anyway, so it's not like the minor league teams pay their salaries. The, the major league team pays all salaries. Do you remember? And I'm going to do a bad job of this because I don't actually know the details. But the situation with Chris Bryant and the Cubs a few years ago, where the Cubs purposefully waited to bring him up so that they didn't have to have a full additional year on his major league contract. Oh, it was to right. avoid arbitration yeah. for an extra year. There we go. Yeah. That's <coughs> And there's, yeah. there's you know, murmuring on the grapevine that that is motivating White Sox management to avoid calling up specifically Eloy Jimenez who is uh, in AAA mm-hmm. and is supposedly lighting it up in AAA right now. Yeah, so there is probably a threshold for, for some players with certain contracts yeah. that you can't that you don't want to bring them up before a certain point. I think for, there's that. I think there's some penny pinching going on. Oh, for sure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Especially if you suck. Yeah, especially if you suck, exactly. <laughs> well, and Sam, it's funny that you bring up the Mets because, sadly, there's a lot of similarities between the structure of the White Sox and the Mets. You know, they're both the number two teams in these major markets, and they both act like they are uh, top-ranked teams. They both try to spend like they're top-ranked teams, but really right. struggle. They got all their money taken from them by Bertie Madoff. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so I think there's that. But the Mets, what, went to the World Series three years ago? Yeah, it's true. Yeah. Now, yes, they lost. They lost. They Yeah. And they haven't sniffed the postseason since then, you know? Right. I think they're... There will be issues next year if the White Sox are this bad again. I think the White Sox can go another year without competing for the playoffs, but I don't think the fan base will tolerate another 100-loss season. Right. But do you think that the fan base even cares? Like you said, they're at the bottom of the barrel as far as like fan attendance anyway. Right. And... Do you think that there's enough fans left to, like, to care. flood the streets with blood, you know? <laughs> I don't know. I actually don't know the answer to that question. Because I think that's the, that's the issue. It's not, like, it's not like, oh, our fans won't stand for this. It's like the fans will just go away. Like, yeah. I just quietly start, well, like, buying Cubs tickets. Buying Cubs tickets, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's exactly what will happen. Well, I, think, well, I, mean, I always liked the Cubs too. I yeah. was always, always like both teams. Yeah. You know? yeah. I think that's exactly what, what's happening. 
I think from a personal perspective, like if the Red Sox were really crappy, uh, and I was forced to watch them just get clobbered like night after night, you know, pretty much the complete opposite of what's going on right now. I, I think I'd appreciate it at some point if they decided to just like, you know, put everyone who sucked the entire season on the DL and brought up all of the prospects right. to like say, cause then that would interest me in what might be coming, you know? Yeah. Man, they put AAA Charlotte on the local uh, NBC Chicago sports affiliate sometimes. Say again? They'll play our AAA team, the Charlotte Knights. They'll put them on the local Chicago broadcasts, the sports, whatever, Sports Network Chicago from time to time. Like, you can just watch a AAA team play. Oh, now, is that like when there's no other sporting events on? or Yeah, locally. Yeah. That's when the White Sox are playing like a good team. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I wonder sometimes. The White Sox are playing the, the Indians tonight. Let's switch over to our AAA affiliate. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Sometimes I wonder if we could beat our AAA affiliate. <laughs> it's a crapshoot. Yeah, <laughs> they're pretty the good. Odds could go either yeah, way. Yeah, maybe it, maybe it, it would go seven in a seven game series. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're well matched. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. So the White Sox are bad. Uh, I guess all I'm saying is that. The, at least through the media, the White Sox were playing the expectations game. And so fans were not super upset that we're 42 and 75 right now. Right. But, but we talked early in the season about kind of the importance of these rebuilding teams to perform above expectations. Yes. And they're hopes not doing that. like luring a top tier free agent to like you know, kind of be a team leader or whatever. Yeah. And that did not happen. And that didn't how's, happen. No. How's Eric Cosmer doing? In San Diego? I don't know. I, you know, San Diego, I'm just, I think that it doesn't matter how much talent you put down there. I think once you get down there, I think <laughs> Eric Cosmer is probably like wearing hemp necklaces and like surfing <laughs> every day and he's like listening to Bob Marley all the time and like, <laughs> He's just too chilled out to really be a, a like competitive athlete anymore, you know? Like, Eric, why weren't you at the game the other day? He's like, oh, bro, was that yesterday? <laughs> Did you guys read about the Padres $20 multi-game pass? No. It's, it's a 20 bucks. And you get to keep going to ball games until they win four baseball games. Oh, that's a good idea. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so if they lose, it doesn't count. It's like a ski pass. And you bring it and it gets, <laughs> it gets buzzed in. But if they end up losing, it doesn't count against you. It's like you got to go for free. How much does it cost? I think it was 20 bucks. 
This is super cheap. Wait, wait, wait. So 20 bucks gets you 20 games, but losses don't count against you? No, 20 bucks gets you at least five games. Oh, I see. And if and it gets you five wins, however long it takes the Padres to get five wins. <laughs> but isn't that kind of counterproductive? Like, wouldn't you almost yeah. be rooting for yeah. them to lose exactly. so you can keep exactly. coming to the ballpark? Exactly. It's San Diego. It's sunny. Right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> You're like... You can just root for Eric Hosmer. Like we'll play hacky sack with you in the parking lot. Yeah, five. Yeah, for twenty five bucks, you can smoke a doobie with Eric Hosmer in the, in the parking lot. Oh no! Okay, I'm sorry. It's a hundred bucks. Uh, so it's a little more expensive than that. The five win pass. Does it have to be consecutive games? Is that the deal? Um. Or you just like punch your ticket when you get, arrive at the ballpark? Between July 27th and September 30th, every home game, fans receive a ticket for the first game of their pass beginning on July 27th and every subsequent Padres home game until they have claimed tickets for five home victories or until September 30th, whichever happens first. I feel like the Padres were really floating <laughs> with disaster that they would not win five total home games between July 27th and September 30th. Well, it sounds like it's almost like one of those gym memberships, you know, where they make it so cheap that people buy it, but then they may never go use yeah. it at all. Yeah. <laughs> That's what they're counting on. Right. Like people will buy it go to one game, but they're getting compensated for four. Yeah. I think it's a good deal. Yeah, That's a great deal. Yeah. yeah. I would totally <laughs> do that. Yeah. I would do that too if I was a fan. And you know, the, the thing about like teams that are bad, like you know, I was talking about if the Red Sox were bad. I mean, I guess that I'm not emotionally invested in the Mets, but like, I love it when the Mets are bad because then, I, you know, tickets like ballpark or if, like you're a person who likes to go to the ballpark. If your team's bad, then tickets are $10. You yeah. <laughs> right. Well, and I still feel like, that way about the White Sox. Right. Yeah. You can like, White Sox, you can go see the White Sox whenever you want, get great tickets and yeah. like not pay very much for them. Yeah. yeah. That's awesome. Uh, yeah, but then you suck as a team. But then you need to suck. Yeah. <laughs> right. And you get shit talked about you on Dump on the Ump all the time. Right. Right. But it's deserving because your team is terrible. Fucking right. Marlins fans. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I could tolerate Marlins fans talking shit to me. That would be terrible. Okay. Here's a real question, though. Like, have you ever met a Marlins fan in real Never. life? No. Never. No. Either. I mean, I've met Rays fans. Yeah. I've met a legitimate Devil Rays fans, and but the Marlins, like, never once. <laughs> yeah, isn't the Marlins the team with that one guy who goes to all the different ballparks wearing a Marlins bright orange, bright orange Marlins jersey? I don't know. I think so. It might be so onto something there, Sam. Maybe everyone in the you know all ten people in the stadium are paid actors. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure they are. <laughs> They're like, 
go to these games and like we won't report you to ICE. You know what I mean? Oh God, that's terrible. But yeah, probably. Probably true. <laughs> this is Derek Jeter we're talking yeah, about. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> This is like he's gaslighting the entire nation, being like, oh, no, we're in a real good spot. We're doing a real good job right now. <clears throat> well, they're better than the Mets. All right. Poor, um, poor Marlins. <laughs> uh, do you guys want to talk division races? Do you want to talk postseason playoffs? Do you want to talk about Ted Williams? Or do you want to talk about Tiger Woods? Oh, I was going to bring up Tiger Woods, actually. Go for it. Well, he didn't win yet again. <laughs> and, right? What is the Masters? Uh, PGA Championship. PGA Ch- Champions Tour or whatever. Yeah. And the headline on the newspaper was, Tiger Woods doesn't win again. And like that was the golf headline, you know what I mean? And like you could, like scroll way down to find a story about the guy who actually did win. And it wasn't even like Tiger Woods wasn't even close to winning. Yeah, he, he was. was like, he came in second. He was only two strokes back. He was second. Yeah, that yeah he came in second. It was a big deal. <laughs> but anyway. yeah, he he is the most famous second place finisher of yeah. all time. Do you know right. the name of the guy who won? No. No, I don't know the name of the guy who won. Some young white guy, he's like 22. His name's like Brent or Brett. It's either Brent or Brett or something. Brant? Brant, yeah. It's probably Brant. Probably Brant. Anyway. How, I mean, the guy himself, I, I was talking mad shit about this because of what you're saying. Everybody was losing their shit about Tiger Woods coming in second in this golf championship. And the guy who actually won it, he's, he's like 22. He's like 20 years younger than Tiger Woods. And he was so funny about it. He was, people, well, the media was asking him questions. And he was saying things such as, Oh, yeah, I heard these big rollers coming from, you know, hole 16. And I was thinking, oh, Tiger must be doing really good right now. Good for him. Right? Like, he was so excited about Tiger. Maybe Tiger... It's to the point where the guy who is competing against Tiger Woods is kind of rooting for Tiger Woods to win. (laughs) How did Tiger Woods turn his shit around? That's the real question. Like, you know, that guy had a fucking sex scandal to, like, end all sex scandals. Mm -hmm. And, like, how is it that, you know, in this day and age where sex scandals are, like, ultra-scrutinized, we, like, still love Tiger Woods? I don't know. I think that's a very good question. I mean, I don't love him, but I didn't (laughs) love him before the sex scandal. You know what I mean? And everybody everybody always loses their shit whenever he does anything. This is the, the right. closest he's gotten in 10 or 11 years, I believe. I don't know. Well, that's why they make the headline like that, because <clears throat> let's be honest, if it was like so-and-so wins the PGA golf tournament, you wouldn't click on that story. You were like, oh, 
Tiger Woods lost. <laughs> no, I didn't. I didn't click on the story. Otherwise, I would have known he came in second. Honestly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but that, that's. I guess that's like how you make other people relate to something that would otherwise be unrelatable. It's like, oh yeah, that dude who did that nasty sex scandal. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah, I just don't understand. Like, how did he get the pass? Like, like what was it that he did? I, okay, I don't. Maybe he didn't go away. That's true. I mean, I don't care about golf. Okay, I think golf is stupid and boring, and I get irrationally angry when sports media spends a lot of time talking about golf. Yeah. When they should be talking about sports I actually like. Yeah, anything, any sport that gets played in a pair of dress pants is, like, not really worth my time, you know? For, for me, <laughs> For me, the three so-called sports that make me the most angry when they're dominating sports media headlines in no particular order are golf, NASCAR, and professional wrestling. Okay. I, I just... It, that drives me crazy. I feel like professional wrestling never dominates sports broadcasting. Like yeah, what sports two, broadcasting are you watching? <laughs> the WWE? The Vince McMahon Network? <laughs> no, man. Two days a year during whatever. There's WrestleMania and there's one other one. When the websites are filled with talk about professional wrestling. And professional wrestling is so bizarre because they speak in the secret language. So if you actually read an article about professional wrestling on, for example, SB Nation, especially, you know, one of those kind of fan bloggy uh, communities, the guys are using the secret language that everybody else understands because everything is coded. Ah. Drives me nuts. Anyway. I think if you just call everyone Brony, then you're all safe. Okay, I'll start doing that. My point about Tiger Woods, though, and this was made by uh, my buddy Zach on Twitter, and he said, I, I'm going to look it up, but he said something like, something to the extent of no single athlete has had the impact on his or her sport the way that Tiger Woods has over the past 20 years. That, you know, even though I love LeBron James and I love Serena Williams, Tiger Woods radicalized, he completely changed golf in a way that no one else ever has done for any sport. I disagree. Go for it. I think that like that would be true if golf changed after golf, Tiger Woods, but like the fact that we're still talking about him not winning today is like proof that like golf never actually made it to the mainstream. It's mm -hmm. just Tiger Woods did. It didn't actually change anything. He just he just it was like a self-contained phenomenon that never caught that never spread to the rest of his sport. I agree. I think that's a really good take. Yeah, I can't think of any other golfer off the top of my head. 
Phil Mickelson. He dances. Oh, I was say Phil Mickelson. Phil Damn Mickelson. it. <laughs> that was all I got. Arnold Palmer. He's dead. Is he dead? Jack Nicholas. Is he dead? I think he died recently. Yeah. Uh, that's about Bagger it. Vance? No, that's about <laughs> <it>. <laughs> Will Smith? Will Smith. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I think, Sam, I agree. And I think that... It's not like, you know, it's not like golf became, like, integrated after Tiger Woods. You know what I mean? Tiger Woods is still the only black golfer. Right. Here's what Zach said. He didn't change anything, you know? Yeah. Zach said, Tiger is... I Okay, here's our Twitter conversation. I said, I don't care about golf, period, comma. And then Zach <laughs> responded to me, Tiger is easily the most impactful person... For any single respective sport there is. And I think... Yikes. Yeah. Sam, I think what you said is a good counterpoint to that. How much did yeah. golf actually change? Like, what's, what's changed about golf? Now, literally and physically, they did have to change a lot of the different major golf courses to make them harder for Tiger Woods. Oh, yeah? Yeah, they did that, I think, in the Augusta Golf Course in Georgia in the early 2000s. I but, mean, so did that involve, like, moving back the T spot? Yeah, making and, and actually remodeling the, the, I don't know, what are they called? Golf course. But had they never done that before? I don't know if they'd ever done that before, but they definitely... It was. It's like Shaquille O'Neal in the NBA, or actually more like Wilt Chamberlain in the NBA, where one guy comes along and is so dominant that you actually literally have to change how the game is played in order to keep him from just dominating everybody else. Yeah, but making the course tougher isn't like revolutionizing the game. True. That'd be funny. If it's they just actually- like... I know that golf was on TV before Tiger Woods. I remember it as it a kid. Yeah. You yeah. know? I don't I don't know what he's done that's, like, revolution or changed the game that much, you know? Yeah, I don't know either. Like, I would feel like Colin Kaepernick is more impactful Ooh. than Tiger Woods. Interesting. I like where you're going with that. Because, huh. like, he, yeah. you know. He's changed football. <laughs> They would change yeah. football. He's yeah. like, you know, kind of ignited a thing across pro sports where it's become more of a platform for people to speak out about injustice or like just yeah. a platform for, you know, to whereas before it was kind of never was never a thing like that. Yeah. And Tiger Woods is definitely not about embracing issues of social justice. No, no, it's not it's not just that. He's just not yeah, you know. mm-hmm. he doesn't change anything. He just plays golf. He's just like a really like was the greatest golfer of all time for a second there. You know what I mean? Like that's it. And what did it say about golf that a guy who has been trash at golf for the better part of ten years is still falling away the most successful and popular golfer in the world? Right. To the point where everybody loses their shit when he finishes second place. Right. When, like, 
he should have resigned in disgrace a long time ago. Yeah, yeah. Everybody, like, everybody loves a redemption narrative, Sam. You've said that before. That's what everyone is is tuning in to see. They he's also got a sweet name, by the way. That's <laughs> yeah, true. Yeah. Like it's a little, it's a little old at this point in time. But if you sort of think of his name objectively, <laughs> Tiger Woods, it's pretty sweet. <laughs> All right, uh, we're at one hour right now, and I want to ask you guys a question that I I tweeted back at Zach after he was telling me how impactful Tiger Woods is. I said, if you were to trap Tiger Woods in a house. In a Big Brother-style TV show, what other celebrities would you want to see in there with him? I'll go first, Ron Jeremy. <laughs> hmm. Hmm. That sounds terrible. <laughs> Zach. They'd just, they'd just be talking about porn stars. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Tiger Woods would be like, oh, do you know so-and-so? And Ron Jeremy would be like, oh, yeah, yeah, I do. And Tiger Woods would be like, yeah, me too. And that would be it. That would be the whole conversation. <laughs> that would be the, <laughs> the entire TV show. <laughs> <laughs> Just like, oh, yeah. do, you know, do you know so-and-so? Oh, yeah, yeah. me too. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Maybe put in, like, some evangelical abstinence uh, advocate in there as well, oh, yeah. just to give some, you know, the the opposite side. Some that would create conflict. Yes, right. And you need conflict for a good show. You're saying right. that my show would have no conflict. Right. <laughs> it would just be one big echo chamber. <laughs> <laughs> well, what celebrities in sports or outside the sports? Is picking up that that Danny Danny Duffy. We should put Danny Duffy in that house also. <laughs> <laughs> what sports athlete or non-sports celebrity has picked up the, you know, abstinence only or any kind the football, of football? Football player, Kurt Warner, maybe. Kurt. No, no, no. The the lefty who was God's man. Russell Wilson. Yeah. Nah, Tim Tebow. Oh, Tim Tebow. He plays for the Mets. Tim Tebow, you mean the guy who plays for the Mets? Right. <laughs> I haven't accepted him as a baseball player, as you can tell. <laughs> the most famous member of the New York Mets baseball organization. <laughs> rough. Yeah. Rough. That's rough on every other player on that, on that franchise. Yeah. <laughs> it's also like it's that is just such a great example of the of the Mets like management franchise. It's like, yeah. oh, this guy like sucked at his primary sport. Let's give him a shot, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah okay. So we've got Tiger Woods, Tim Tebow. And Jeremy. Although I, you know, that I feel like. Those three together, it would take about 30 seconds for t Tiger Woods and Ron Jeremy to corrupt poor Tim Tebow. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he, like, never stood a chance. Yeah. Right. <laughs> they just have, like, the first pool party and then Tim Tebow's hooked on meth. Yeah. Right. 
It's like, sorry, God, I'm with Tiger. <laughs> oh, I would pay. I would pay money to see that show. Although I don't really like Tim Tebow. Did you see Johnny Manziel make his start in the Canadian Football League and throw four interceptions? Really? Yeah. I did see something about that. Kind of feel, kind of feel bad for that guy. I'm not going to lie. Wow. Yeah. What, can you think of any other, like, total flame-out athlete that was supposed to be so good? Because he won the Heinzman Trophy, right? Yeah, yeah. And then he came in and was supposed to be the light and joy of all that is yeah. terrible in Cleveland. But and Eddie, all of a sudden he had a hardcore drug addiction and alcohol problem. <laughs> <laughs> but, just like Cleveland or what? No, it's... If you paid attention, it, it, that was completely predictable. That... This guy, yeah, he's successful at college football, but there's no way he's going to be successful in the NFL. And just because he had a lot of hype, and he won the Heisman, and the Cleveland Browns are a bunch of fucking morons, uh, that was a completely predictable situation. Hmm. Well, can you think of other examples in sports where... Not uh, really barring injury... I might say Tim Tebow, also Heisman yeah. winner, except that poor bastard got lucky and won a playoff game. And That's that right. Changed then he him. played Tom Brady. Right. And he actually is not good at football. Uh, I mean, the other ones are all injury-related. The Portland Trailblazers have had, you know, Greg Oden. He blew out his knees. Right. Robert Griffin the third. That guy, quarterback, oh, no, that was injury-related, too. Right. Mm. Right, I think Johnny Manziel is the one where it's not... Aaron Hernandez. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that counts, right? I guess. What? What happened? I mean, Aaron, the guy. Aaron Hernandez. Oh, yeah. So, that'll do it. Because he, he did just lock down, like, you know, nine-figure contract or something. And was on track to be one of the best tight ends of all time. And then he went and murdered a bunch of people. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's not funny, but I'm still laughing. And then killed himself. Right. In prison, yeah. That, that, that might actually beat yeah, Manziel. So yeah, that, <laughs> that definitely beats Manziel. Manziel's just in Canada. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Where's that guy? Oh, he's just in Canada. <laughs> he's doing okay, uh, you know, in the grand scheme of things. <laughs> we got to keep a big picture here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay, we need to sign off. Um, what are you guys looking forward to this next week? Um. Well... I don't know if anyone cares. I don't really, but um, preseason football is back. Oh. Yeah, um, no one cares. No one cares. Yeah, no one cares. Yeah, although your prediction came true. So who was... Uh, 
shoot, I forget which football player this was about. People were talking about how great this one football player was doing in his, uh, uh, oh, it was Saquon Barkley, who I think is actually really good. But Saquon Barkley ripped off like a 35-yard run on his first carry for the New York Giants, and everyone was saying how amazing that was. And I'm like, it is preseason football. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that does not count. He is playing against, like, fourth-string guys. You cannot make predictions. Yeah. yeah that, no. What? Like, I, feel like, I feel like football media, like, there's the most reporters cover football for some reason, even though they only play once a week, you know right, what I mean? Right. Yeah. Like, newspapers or, like, you know, outlets that will have, like, one guy following baseball for all 160 games and then... And then they'll have, like, a team of ten with, like, three producers following football, you know? Hey, man. Smash, smash ball. I really love smash, smash ball. ball. Yeah. Baseball needs to hurry up and make the transition into bronze ball. People will watch yeah. it then. They didn't need, like, lightsaber bats. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think that, 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 that the reason for that, Sam, is that because the, the NFL signed that humongous contract with ESPN, right? It was like some yeah, I guess multi-billion so. dollar 10-year contract and I think in it was like language basically saying you have to cover the NFL X amount of time. Yeah. Uh, which is why if you go to ESPN or Sports Center at any given time of day, it, you know, the farthest, the furthest away from the NFL season, there'll be some sort of NFL coverage on it. Right. Oh, God, it makes me yeah. yeah. Football. All right, guys, we got to go. Um, thanks, everybody, for listening to us this week. Uh, check us out on Apple iTunes. Dump on the Ump Baseball Podcast. Please rate and review us and... Tell your friends about us so that we can keep getting uh, people to listen to our meandering conversations about <laughs> what celebrities we would like to trap in a house and make interact with each other. Um, uh, guys, thanks for doing this, and we will see you all again next week. Have a pleasant evening and an excellent tomorrow. Oh, How'd you land on the walk-up music today? Well, we haven't talked about Ted Williams yet. I still want to talk about Ted Williams. I was going to talk to you guys about that. This is Ted Williams' walk-up song. Yeah. For real? <laughs> no. no, this is just like the number one song in 1946. Yeah. <laughs> That'd be incredible if you walked up to this song. Yeah.